And that's why this show has put me back into therapy. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we're here today to talk about um, Lakeside Players Roadie um, Center for the Arts and Beauty and the Beast. And I'm joined today by um, two members of the cast, the president of the Roadie, as well as the director and music director of the show. Um, if everyone wants to introduce themselves one at a time and tell us what your um, involvement is with the show, that would be appreciated, starting with you. China. My name is China Chung, and I'm the director. This is Brian Chung. I'm the music director. <laughs> my name is Katie Gray, and I am the president of Lakeside Players. Hi, my name is Jamie Friday Jagger, and I am playing Belle. Hi, my name is Aaron Kohlmeyer, and I'm playing the Beast. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so thank you for joining me, and full disclosure, and you know, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to. Um, yes, I host this podcast, but I'm also um, in the show. Um, I don't want anyone to think that this is, you know, some kind of uh, shameless plug. It kind of is, but um, just to give everyone full disclosure, yes, I am involved with the show. Deal with it. He's guest on. We are dealing with it. One prescribed medication at a time. <laughs> My stools have been loose for so long. <laughs> okay. Um, Katie, I want to start with you. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself insofar as your role here at the Roadie and what you do? Sure. Uh, so I have been at the Roadie since I was eight years old. So that is 31 years. My dad was um, one of the first members of Lakeside Players when they were at Kemper Center down in the 70s. And in 1986, we moved in here. And I've been a part of the theater. Basically, it's my second home. So, uh, and I've been the president for two years. Yeah, two years. <laughs> Prior to that, I was the vice president. I was been on the board. Um, I've directed shows here. I've been in shows. Basically, other than tech, I've done everything. So, and I specifically haven't done tech for that reason. Are you not good at tech? I, that's, I refuse to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's I fair. don't want to learn. For a reason. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, like anytime there's a set that needs to be painted, I, I can't. Like, unless it's to just throw an entire bucket of paint on a piece of wood. I'm the same way. I, I, I can't love do it. Paint, doing like the base paint, but yeah. I cannot do the like decorative painting. Yeah. I, I don't have any skill yeah. with that. But if you need like a base coat, I'm there. Or if they made sets paint by numbers, I'd be great. Yeah, at that. 100%. <laughs> Otherwise, useless. Yeah, uh-uh. Um, so. Along those lines, Katie, how and why did Lakeside Players go about choosing this particular show for the season? Um, we wanted a show that had name recognition and we knew would bring people in. Obviously, this is the first season that we've had since um, 2020. So since COVID, this is our first full season. It is also the first season we've ever done with three musicals. Um, we've done a musical in the May spot before. We did um, High School Musical last year. And was it only last year? Yeah. And we did Hair a billion years ago um and uh, otherwise we typically do our musicals like in the in the winter time but we were like let's see if we can do a spring one and um apparently we can so <laughs> which is great apparently but yeah we wanted one with name recognition obviously in theory everyone knows and loves beauty and the beast so now that we know about how the show was chosen um and this is for china and brian um tell us about your involvement in the show um, your involvement with the history of Lakeside Players and 
um, how your involvement materialized and what your roles have been in the show. Yeah, I can start. Uh, I started my first show here as a music director was with Hair back in 2016. Um, I got in because one of the um, directors was like a major volunteer at, with the Lakeside Players, and she asked me if I wanted to be the music director because uh, she because I was the I am the music director for the church when we were at the same church at the time. Um, so since then, I've steadily kind of just did a show almost once a year at the roadie um, mm -hmm. between kids shows and the adult shows and so I kind of stuck around since that uh, this is my first year doing like all three shows in, the se in a season so it's been pretty busy yeah I'm pretty busy. sure I've seen you in China roll out of bed here so. <laughs> <laughs> For real. your turn China um, well I first actually got involved in Into the Woods yeah. which was 10 years oh no ago? was it that long ago? Nine? That was when you guys were engaged, because I remember then you were not trying to show them. In combat? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I asked her if she was going to take your last name, because I thought it was going to be great. I don't know what that is. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah so it was with Into the Woods, and uh, we were engaged. Katie was actually directing. Assistant directing. Assistant directing. Direct. And, um, and then Brian and I, Brian was part of the crew. And uh, that's where we actually met some of the other crew that's in this show or helping out. So mm -hmm. it's been since then, um, been involved in stuff. I vocal direct or vocal coached a couple of the kids' shows. I ass I assistant directed Frozen Junior, and then um, the first time I directed a show was High School Musical, which was this time slot last year. And then since then, I'm either assistant directed, co-directed, or been in every single one since. Um, and I'm sorry for not knowing this, and I'm sure you've told me this. Did you two meet here at the roadie? No. No. <laughs> we will um, we'll cut that out and say yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we did meet at the roadie. So good. <laughs> We've been happily ever after. That'd be great, after. but no, they, they came as a package deal even with Into the Woods. Because so. yeah. mm -hmm. I remember uh, when we cast China, she was like, my fiance will probably just help out the mm. show. And we're like, great. <laughs> um, just to take this a little bit further, since the two of you are, and how long have you been married? <laughs> we will also cut that out and edit. Eight years this year. Okay. How long oh. have you been together? Ten. Ten. Okay. You know, I got to say I'm surprised that Brian knows this and China yeah. doesn't. China didn't know what tomorrow well, was Friday. Well, over. <laughs> I don't tomorrow Friday. I'm done. <laughs> No, um, the reason I ask is because um, we all know the sort of uh, uh, the thing about showmances, right? The ro romance in a show. How does being married or in a relationship for the two of you affect your ability to work together on a show? Because, you know, Katie said it's a package deal, and you guys probably agree it's a package deal. So there has to be, you know. Yeah, it's a little different of a dynamic since we're – already together and joining a show whereas like some places where like showmances happen while when you get into the show and then like stuff happens and that's kind of weird uh, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> i like growing up um being in choir and uh theater through like high school and college like i avoided all that stuff like the play because it just seemed like really i mean like i'm not judging or anything but it's just like yes it's like i just did not want to be a part of that <laughs> scene or anything like i was friends with everybody but i did not like want to partake in any of that but in the way that we're together and like doing things together um we it kind of builds like that rapport already like we already have that background of like how we operate with um together and around other people so it's like 
when we got into the show, we were able to like just like not miss a beat about anything that we wanted to do. So sure, you guys can at this point, you guys know how the other person works and yeah. how your relationship works. Okay. Yeah. One of the cast members pointed out to me that she watched us have an entire conversation during one of the numbers just by looking at each other <laughs> and that we never actually said anything. Was it you? It was no, me. it wasn't oh, me. Oh, it was you? <laughs> that, like, we I was, like, just had a whole conversation. For, I was like, going to say, I remember a time. nodding conversation. Yeah. Where, where, <laughs> I just saw your whole conversation. I, yeah. across the I believe my experience was you were standing on stage and Brian was <laughs> sitting in the auditorium and, and Brian happened to look up from his phone and you looked at him and he's like, and then looked back down. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I think. Wow. That was. We, telepathic. we are pretty telepathic. I think um, our relationship in general, um, since we met, we have rarely spent more than a night apart. And I know a lot of people that would get on people's nerves, but. Uh, we're, I don't know. It's just always worked like that. We always clicked, and then, yeah. No, I, so. I have a question. Sorry, but oh, I know. Okay. No, I know. No, that's fine. That's, <laughs> this is all about, about conversation. Have you guys ever had, like, um, any, like, big disagreements, though, on, like, directorial, like, style or anything? Because, like, obviously it's music versus, like, kind of the stage director, director stuff. Well, there was that one time that Brian tried to move the yeah. glass. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you get the last word, right? Yeah, I get the last word for sure, but it's... Uh... <laughs> she always has that rolled up newspaper. No, <laughs> no. Bad Brian. No, I don't think we've ever gotten into a major disagreement. I think um, we did have some disagreements over how many people we were going to cast originally, just sure. because this is a smaller theater, and like Brian really wanted all the big voices, but then I was coming at it from but where are we going to put them? <laughs> um, so I think that was pretty much the extent. And we we settled in the middle, actually, of the numbers that we had in mind. And, um, yeah, so. It doesn't feel, at least on stage, it doesn't feel like there's 35 people on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. even it doesn't when, even look like it from an audience yeah. perspective. Like, yeah. I watch, I've watched Be Our Guest now every night, and I realize not everyone is in that number, but it's a large majority of the cast. And I'm always like... Our stage can hold that many people. Yeah, <laughs> and like in the finale, we, we're only missing two people. I think it's just you and yeah. Paul who played yeah. LeFou and me and yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, so but like it still feels like a big stage. Yeah, we're, we're backstage sulking because we're like we don't get to be in the final <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> sings it from the wings every night. He, he does. It's okay. Austin Not well, but he sings it from the wings. <laughs> Love you, Paul. I sit back there with my little raffle basket. Love you, Paul. <laughs> Um, I want to shift uh, gears here slightly. Um, Jamie, um, who yeah. plays Belle, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your how your involvement in the show came to be, because this is a pretty interesting story. At least it is to me. Oh, okay. Um, I, I guess I saw an ad, or not an ad, a posting from someone involved in the show before um, in, like, January, and I had just really poured my heart and soul this last fall into trying out for a production of Cinderella, and I totally got aged out because I can play in my 20s in Bell, but I'm 34. So when I didn't we'll get that, that I was too. really sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was bummed. So I messaged someone involved and I was like, hey, how does your casting work? Because I didn't want to drive two hours and 45 minutes out to an audition that was going to be a bunch of 17-year-olds. I didn't want to do that because I wouldn't be cast. So once I found that out, um, I was going to audition, and then I last minute had to drop the audition and just send a submission in because my daughter had strep throat, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to get anybody sick. 
and someone actually lost my audition tape. And I, being the diligent theater person I am, emailed with a follow-up like, hey, just wanted to check in because you haven't called me back, you know? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, come in. Oh, my gosh, come to callbacks. And it just, you know, I booked it, and I was so excited. So did you see the ad on, like, Facebook? No, it's in, like, the Illinois... Wisconsin Facebook some, something group. Facebook group. I had oh, just the, yes. the state line thing. The yes. audition one. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, yeah. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it had been posted in there, and I was just like, I want to be Belle so bad. Like, Me too. She's my favorite princess. You too, I know. You're yeah. very resentful <laughs> that I am Belle, and you are not, but here we are. <laughs> you too. You too think of a beard for Belle. Yeah. Wow. I have such a That's small. Your I have such a okay. small beard. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie's beard's much smaller. It's much, much smaller. more bell like okay. Yeah, and so, it's blonde, so you know, it's exactly. Yeah. Let's I don't like your tone, <laughs> <laughs> President. <laughs> Did I answer that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think it's very interesting, you know, and I guess maybe that's the power of Disney or whatever, and. Obviously, I've made lots of jokes to those who don't know about uh, Jamie's uh, theater experience because she's done a lot of uh, professional equity theater, um, and her experience is clear on stage because she's very, very good. But also, her commitment to being in the show is that she lives three hours away, and so um, being away from her family, her job, her home, that kind of thing has to be difficult. But I just think that's kind of a testament to how much people love this show. Um, and want to work with me. So, the only nice thing you've ever yes. said to me, Norji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really that's, that's a lie. Yeah, it's, um, it's the show is worth it. And like once we started all working together, I was like, the, the cast is worth it, the director is worth it, the people are worth it. Everybody's come <clears> up and like, Gaston, he could have been cast better, but <laughs> Norji is I couldn't amazing. agree I with you with more, Norgie. trust me. No, he's phenomenal. But when they offered people, me the role, I'm like, are you sure? People in the audience, like adults, right. have been fighting over taking pictures with us. And just, they were like, thank you so much for coming to the community. Like, everybody has been so warm and welcoming and awesome. So it's it's definitely a place that I would love to work at. We'll it. talk about your um, mall Santa-like experience after every show. <laughs> yeah, um, it's more like a Jimmy Disney a character. Line. Like a yeah, legit, so like, at Disney. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's got a bouncer. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Well, you can... Well, I, those moms were arguing that first night, so I... I don't... <laughs> yeah, we, we almost had a Roadhouse-style uh, fist yeah. fight. My kid was here first. Or however they talk, I don't know. So crazy. Um, but you can... I don't tend to look out in the audience because I don't want to see anyone I know because it takes me out of it and I don't want to give a different performance based on who I know is in the audience. Um, and I'm a little nearsighted anyway. However, um, occasionally I'll look out into the audience because I can kind of gauge how long we're going to be out in the lobby by how many tiny gold dresses we see exactly. <laughs> in the audience. And I'm like, poor Jamie. She's going to be... Yeah. The last one was about yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Was that Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, everyone kept coming in and I was like, oh, Belle's going to be here all night. <laughs> and then we got to the point where um, uh, Ryan, one of our um, uh, crew, uh, sound tech specifically, um, has now set up a sort of rope, um, roped off area <laughs> so people line. have to get in line. So he's like the bouncer at a club, like, yeah. all right, you can come through. You can come through. Belle's flags experience yeah. is coming in handy. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> and I've seen him throw elbows and punch kids yeah. in the throat. <laughs> Uh, no, and that's not true. He has no shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three hots and a cot. Um, um, I want to talk to you, Aaron, um, just here, though, not outside of the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. ruin the illusion otherwise. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to talk to you, uh, same question that I asked Jamie, okay. to tell us about yourself and how your involvement with the show came to be. Yeah, so, um, 
I knew about the show back when the Adams Family. Um, I had my kids were two of my sons. My kids have been doing a lot of theater here. Here, okay. Um, other and other places too. And they sure. were in Adams Family. It was a great show. Those other places don't matter though. Here. Yes, yeah, the roadie. <laughs> and we knew about Beauty and the Beast. And I, I haven't done a show in twenty years. And same with the same with my wife. And we had kind of talked about, dreamt about, you know, could we do it? And then just kind of like planted the seed back then. And then uh, just kind of kind of started getting excited and decided a few months ago we were we were going to go for it and try it out. And it's been it's been amazing. So loved. I have loved every minute of it. Again, getting so back involved. You mentioned here and also in a news article it's your first time being on stage in in about two decades so number one what made you want to come back to the stage and also because your wife is also in the show i'll sort of pose the same question to you that i did to china and brian how does that affect your you know is it easy to work on stage with the person you're married to and how does that affect you at home that kind of thing yeah um yeah, uh, what was your first part of the question? I'm sorry, I'm totally blank there. You That's said okay. As far I, as... I, 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 I have to apologize it. because <laughs> sorry. I am... Um... theater people, guys. <laughs> so, okay, so, and and that's my fault. So question number one is, what made you decide to come back oh, to the yes. stage after okay. 20 years? watching my kids. Watching my kids and just seeing them excel, and I kind of got the passion again. Like, I miss doing that and being up there, and I kind of thought, well, that's, like, behind, but just seeing, like, okay, the quality of the show and, like, it's it's an adult community like maybe we, we could do it you know we could get involved again and i mean when when we went to try out there was a ton of talent i mean it was like holy cow when we tried out so super exciting to get involved and in, with the cast i mean it's such a talented cast and did your kids audition for the show too no they didn't it was just just okay. and i actually convinced nikki to do it so it was just going to be me just because we weren't sure um like could we physically handle it but like we had actually met in theater. We had a, we shared our first kiss on stage, Aww. so all that. So it was like it was very fun. So yeah, so it was like we could just have fun together. But it's it's actually like so you know like I'm playing love interest of Jamie here. So and with my wife singing, so it's it's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we're all really good friends. But we're all really good. I mean, it's not it's not it's actually not awkward at all. It's, it's acting. Like, it's acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we all have good chemistry, so I feel like you know, we um, have backstage jokes and everything. So you said a lot of fun. You had your first kiss on stage with your wife. What was the show? It was a, like a theater class, so okay. we were in like a class, okay. and she, she like set us up. She knew there was some interest there, and was like, "I'm gonna have them do a song." <laughs> They're gonna have a kiss. Your was the wingman. Yes, exactly. So she kind of set us up. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. But we were in. Um, we were in Footloose, and we were in like uh, Once on the Island. Once on the Island, yeah. Those are the two shows we were in together in college. Nice. Yeah. Footloose has been around that long for. I know, right? On, on, no, on, <laughs> like, on stage. I'm old too. Yeah. On stage, mm-hmm. it's really been around that long. I didn't know that. It was around when yeah. I was in high school. We wow. That was I, the last show that I did previously. I thought it was like in the last five, ten years. I didn't oh, know that. I think he just called you old. I know. No, I no, no, no. Yeah, I just. I'm no, I, I'm, I'm not talking. I'm obviously not talking about the movie from the '80s. I just, I just only recently became aware that Foots, uh, Footloose was. I was gonna say Footstool. Wow. Um. Sorry. This will never air. Um, oh, and this is Beauty and the Beast has always been like the Beast has always been like my dream role. So that was really why I wanted to like okay, this is my shot to sure. come back. So, um, so one of the challenges of a production like this, um, and everyone can speak about this, but Aaron, I'll start with you first, um, is because there's a lot of, um, um, I guess you'd call it 
imagination and, and fantasy is costuming and makeup for certain characters, not everyone, um, but certain characters. And perhaps the makeup aspect applies to you more than it does the costume aspect. Sure. So tell us about what the process for makeup has been for you for this show and the things that you've tried and sort of how you decided on the final look. Yeah, we, it was, it was, I mean, I love the costume aspect of the character and like getting into the look. So mm -hmm. I was like, right away, I think I was like, I want to try some things. So let's experiment. So we tried a few different looks. Uh, one look, I literally took me three hours. I was in like a makeup chair. We did prosthetics on my forehead, the cheekbones, the, um, like the eyebrows. And then it, it looked really good. Yeah, it we did. Took I pictures. do remember. I was, I was showing you guys. Yeah. And then um, this the one that's in the show is, is basically just all makeup. It takes a little less than an hour. And we just decided that I think that looks better. It better. Because it's yeah. a little darker. The features are a little bit. She's a very staged. She knows theater inside and out and like sure. did it for stage. Sure. Where I think the first person, which, which she was great, but it was just more like a movie, movie. almost. Or yeah. cosplay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, I mean, all that though was super fun just to try to like get into character and what, you know. And I think also by doing just straight makeup, it gives you the freedom of expression. Yeah. Because... Right. Away, I know I told you, China, she was like, I really didn't want to put on a mask mm -hmm. just because of the expression and even breathing. I can't know. imagine just singing. That would be such a nightmare. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was one of the things like we had a whole conversation with where was, yeah. I've seen so many Beauty and the Beast where the Beast was just muffled. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's just how they looked, not right. like the person, but like the look was just like, it just yeah. pulled you out of the it story completely. Yeah. 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 So we were, so we talked a lot yeah. through that process of making sure he didn't have to be in a mask. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I mean, Jamie, you play Belle in the show. So you, as, much, as far as makeup is concerned, um, I know that you have a wig and your makeup is pretty standard. But like, talk about the costume changes that you have and the dresses. Yeah, that wear, right? the costume changes are fun. Um, I don't believe you. I don't know. <laughs> I think between you and like some of the like, silly girl ensembles where they change costumes like nine yeah. times, yeah. you have an insane amount of costumes. I go from like blue to pink to yellow to blue to yellow. So I've got five big ones plus a wig change. And some of them are like 40 seconds long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the people backstage have really uh, been amazing. Sure. Maddie and Noah are probably my, my main quick changers. And, like, we've just set it up to make it as fast as possible. We've kind of played with different options for costumes because of that. Like, we had some really beautiful ones on loan from one place. But then the other ones ended up working out better because of how fast everything was. Um, and we ended up finding a really awesome ball gown that's light to dance in, which was a big thing for me because I know the initial one we had was like 15 pounds mm -hmm. it was really heavy so I, w I think that was those were my main worries and um we've we've still been like troubleshooting the cape <laughs> every time I go to seeing a change in me it like choke sneeze so I tried to sew it onto the costume and then you know we're still it's a work in progress I am we'll get it down yeah Saturday night yeah we're gonna get I'm, I'm gonna show. get this the last show I actually just uh I was struggling because I was feeling a little under the weather, and I, so I just kept the cape on for the song. I was like, this is fine. <laughs> I'll <laughs> no take one's it out notice. <laughs> um, I actually uh, <laughs> I bought a, my own cape for the show that I thought oh, that gosh, I would yeah. wear um, at the end of the show for um, the mob song, oh. and I was really, really excited about it because I'm like, okay, to add another element because I don't have a costume change in the show, which I, I'm not mad about, trust me. Um, but then I realized that the cape is the exact same color as yours is. You know, you got so mad at me that day. And what are He's the like, odds that, that like Gaston would show up to, you know? With her there, yeah. there are marital capes. Like, <laughs> cape. Everybody 
he's like, where did you get that cape? Because we got some of those costumes on that costume plot. And I yeah. go, I saw it and I kind of claimed it as my own and just went with it because I'm I'm really big into practicing with you. my costumes yeah. on. Or like pieces. Like we had yeah. this busted old hoop skirt that I yeah. danced yeah. in I for the first time. I dug out of the <laughs> Because I needed, <laughs> like spatially, oh, like those right. things. Was from. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the back for something. I was like, what the Those things yeah. are really big <laughs> for me. I wanted yeah. to know where I was going to be moving and I just didn't want to be caught off guard by anything. And that cape, I'm glad we did that because Katie ended up having to help me with that. Yeah. That thing is heavy. It's, it's so heavy. It's double layered. Like it's just, it's really, it's a confusing cape, but it's pretty. I mean, it's, it'd be, it's a really nice cape in the very middle of winter. Yeah. Like, which is where like, I right. get like, it makes sense for the character, but I was like maneuvering it in my room and I was like, this is ginormous. It's like a weighted it's blanket. So heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um. So Katie, I know that We've seen you sort of in a frenzy work on some of the costume <laughs> alterations and no, I repairs. <laughs> I mean, we'll edit that out too. <laughs> um, so, and also China, because you're the director of the show. What was it like, the process of sort of the daunting task of thinking you have to bring this show to life? And part of bringing the show to life outside of who you cast in the show is the visual aspect of the show which is trying to honor the characters in the way that people remember them but maybe even trying to put our own sort of um, spin on it so can you guys sort of talk about how that um, thought process works out yeah I mean I think the costumes is always a huge issue because it's a lot of objects so you have like Cogsworth and Lumiere and you have the wardrobe and you have Mrs. Potts obviously those are like the main like big objects that are in the show and it's one of those things where we were looking I probably contacted 50 places in the country and they were all like decently good rental prices, but the shipping was like obscene because it was really big pieces to ship. And then we just got like an insane tip from you. And there was a, a place in Illinois where they were getting rid of basically all of their costumes because their main costume person had passed away and it was all in a storage facility and they had to get rid of it. Like I, I think I got there the Wednesday before, like they were done on Saturday. Like that's how quick it was. Sure. And so I, I remember I called the lady and she's like, yeah, you can come down on Saturday. Cause I think China and Brian were going to try to come down on Saturday and I was going to be out of town. And I was like, well, can I come down now? And I happened to work from home. And so I literally like rented a U-Haul that like minute. Like I called him. I was like, I'm coming in 15 minutes to have it ready. And my stepdad came with me. We went down there it took a couple hours and we came back. I mean, we had the entire U-Haul van like packed. Yeah, it was stuffed. And we did it. I mean, we had the plates. We had some silverware. We had Mrs. Potts. The Mrs. Potts, the Cogsworth and the Lumiere costumes were like my most like important. Um, but then we had um, a bunch of the wolf costumes and just like random dresses and like some pieces you that you guys have used. Too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Some pieces that have been used, some pieces that haven't. And then we supplemented with um, uh, Miller and Company out of Milwaukee. Um, but that was, I mean, that was a huge coup because we got that for practically nothing and we own those costumes now. Right. So it was just, I mean, honestly, it was just serendipitous. Like I said, I happened to have a job where I could have, I just was like, told my boss, Hey, I got to leave and go get a bunch of costumes for a show. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Have fun. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, and also my understanding is that you basically got there, um, what seemed like five minutes before everyone else did. And wow. you had first dibs yeah, and, and thank so goodness because it was in illinois so it was just um in displays sure and uh the deerfield park district was going to come down and do it and literally we parked and walked in as they were parking like i got there two minutes before they did and so i said listen i am going to undercut you on everything because i have the money we can do it 
I was like, but you can borrow them for free. Like, I feel bad that I'm literally walking in as you were going to do this because they're doing it in November. So like, I was like, we're doing it in two months. Like we right, have a cast. Yeah. And so I, I did kind of feel bad, but I was like, just let me know. So they have my information. So hopefully after this, they'll... you can either let me buy them or I will destroy you. Yeah. And so I was like, so I'm just going to grab everything. Um, but I mean, they had so much stuff there. And then at the end, she was just like, oh, do you want some tuxes? And we were at the time doing, and then there were none. And I was like, sure. And so I just grabbed like 10 really nice tuxes that I'd like just been dry cleaned and mm. we use those too and she's like do you want more and I was like I don't literally think I could fit any more in the van <laughs> unless I'm like carrying it as I go along um but yeah so that was that was a huge coup and we there's still a ton of pieces that we didn't use for anything but are still really good pieces that we'll put upstairs in our costume loft China anything to add on the costume front yeah. Um, so after that happened, <laughs> um, then we got in touch with Miller and Campbell and started working with them. And they were really amazing as far as like asking for pictures of the costumes that we already had. Um, and they actually constructed the napkins and a few other costumes from scratch just to match the stuff that we already had, which was really sweet of them. Um, and then some of one of the costumes we made from scratch, which was Chip, because traditionally Chip is in a cart and you only see the face poking out you don't see all of chip and uh natalie the actress really wanted to dance and she's a little dancer and she's a really great performer so i wanted to make sure that she could dance and that we could see her um so we have another costumer uh madison and i got in touch with her and i said hey do you think we could hand make this and so she looked at some ideas and chip is actually made out of a large flower pot plastic flower pot that we found. Oh, that's smart. I didn't realize yeah. that. I didn't realize that either. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just, so we, I went there, we went to, uh, I forget which garden store we went to, but we just found the biggest flower pot we could find and then uh, she painted it and everything to, <clears throat> sure. yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then, so we just painted it uh, to match and get with that. And then Miller and Campbell uh, were really great about sending dresses for Natalie that, um, who plays our chip that would match the teacup and would also match the existing costume we had for pots. So it was huge collaborations to make the characters come to life and to look, I think, as professional as they look. It was a lot of moving parts and people and pieces. Mm -hmm. I do have to say that every production I've ever seen of Beauty and the Beast or watching clips on YouTube or whatever, Chip is usually, like you said, in a cart and it's just, you know, Chip's head is sticking out of the mm -hmm. cart and there's, you know, so I think this is a really cool sort of subtle change that um, humanizes Chip more but gives Chip the freedom to be more involved in the dance numbers and yeah. and um, interacting with Mrs. Potts who um, we should have mentioned earlier is mm -hmm. played by Aaron's wife yeah. Nikki. And the other challenge costuming wise was how do we get the characters to turn from objects to humans sure. without leaving the stage and so for that I had the idea for masquerade masks so we had mm. masquerade masks when they're objects and then when the spell breaks they take the masks off and then they become people so that was also a huge undertaking I think there was like five different people who were working on those masks <laughs> like around the clock each one's unique and different and pretty beautiful so it was huge collaboration to uh, kind of bring the costumes to life and make it honor the show. And, you know, it's it's been pretty um, magnificent to see sort of the, the gr from the ground up, um, the costume process and every process really, but it's just been to see the show sort of flourish from, okay, how are we going to do this with these costume pieces to everyone's got really cool quality costumes in the show and i think that really adds to the um appeal of the show um 
you know, many people probably walk into the show not knowing what to expect beyond, you know, this is Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And they may not expect that it's going to look as visually appealing as I think this production is. And so it's a really nice surprise. I think the the costumes has been like the the compliments I feel like has been that I've talked to people as the costumes. Costumes. I'm sure. not other parts of the show, but it's been a huge <clears> part of it. So. Yeah, no, no, I definitely like because obviously I've been here every show thus far, and um, it's too. been a lot of. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but they don't know who I am, so <laughs> I can like sneak around. Um, and they were like, "Oh, the costumes are so good." The, uh, we get a lot of compliments on the wardrobe in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wardrobe costume yeah. is really is neat, mm-hmm. um, and it's really gorgeous. Um, Shout out to Holly for having to wear that shed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's, it's like I just feel so bad because I've seen her like get off stage and she's just like <laughs> wobble, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. oh my god. And yeah. I, I've lifted it. I mean, it's it's not mm-hmm. not heavy. Yeah. So it's funny because it's I only recently found out because I'm like, you know, there's a, a scene change where I see you go out to the stage, but then I don't hear you for what seems like a she's half an hour. And she said, that's because yeah. I'm behind the couch and I'm <laughs> s- still until my yeah. line happens because that was the best way for that to transpire. But also, yeah. like, it looks more natural. Like, I've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. I didn't just walk out um, from the wing. So She's got to be frozen a good 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. I, I'm oh, frozen yeah. for, yeah. like, 10 to 15 yeah. minutes of that yeah. show. Yeah. She's out there. And she's, sta- I mean, like, bet- and she's standing the whole time. Yeah. Between mm-hmm. her and Cogsworth, they have, like, the biggest. Yeah. yeah. I always feel bad. Aaron comes backstage and just takes And he's like, I need help. Yeah. He can't get the <laughs> clock off. If, if, it, if it were me playing uh, the wardrobe, I would slink down into that thing and play, like, <laughs> Game Boy or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice though because like from the booth uh we can hear the audience reactions even yeah. the more subtle ones yeah and every time nikki comes out as mrs potts for the first oh, time yeah. there's yeah. always gas like, oh, yeah mm-hmm. always yes yeah. yeah. it's right. nikki and natalie come out and they're the cute little matched pair and everybody's always like <gasps> like when they yeah. see these characters i feel out. like that's been my favorite part about the ballroom scene because we've been so used mm-hmm. to having china and like she'll do yeah. reactions for us so we yeah. get used to timing and stuff but every time i come out in the yellow gown everybody's like <gasps> i'm like oh Oh, mm-hmm. it's so different. They're doing that for me. Like, you guys were working yeah, you so hard. <laughs> yeah. You guys were working so hard, and I was like, I always, that's my favorite part um, as the director is the first time they're in front of an audience because yeah. they get just reactions. Sure. Any reactions, mm-hmm. applause, laughter, yeah. anything. Because it, it's just, it's a completely different atmosphere. Because for however many months they've been listening to the same people laugh mm-hmm. at the same things or yeah. go, oh, that looks great, or do this. Um, so I love that. I love also when the audience like will laugh or react at something that's never been laughed or reacted yep. before. Yeah. And yeah. you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yep. That's, that's my favorite part. I think of any show when I'm like, why is that funny? Yeah. <laughs> the brick wall thing. I never yeah. really laughed at. And then uh, there was a huge audience reaction to it. And I was like, what was the brick, it the is funny. Thing? They talk about Jean-Claude yeah, and how wall. he's as dumb as a brick. And then they say, oh, no, the whole wall. And then you find out that Jean-Claude has actually become a dumb brick wall oh. in, the, oh. in the kitchen. But for whatever reason, it just never was funny to me. Yeah. And I was like, this is just like exposition, like whatever. You know? it is, and then yeah. like people were dying laughing. It's one of my and I was favorite like, oh, things. Okay. <laughs> and you're just like, why are they? La- oh, that's funny. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Ryan actually talked about changing the pre-show and coming out as Jean-Claude the brick wall. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Another costume we'd have to build from. Yeah, school. right. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> no. We could just... um. We could just have you wear like one of those um, unitards. Yeah. And then just have you stand the against the, the castle and paint you like you're there. Yeah, and then you just walk out. Yeah. Like, 
I'm, so I'm Jean Claude, the, the dumb brick wall. They'd be like, and we're gone. I want to meet my favorite characters. Do you want to meet Jean Claude, the dumb brick wall? <laughs> no. Who are you? Get out of the way. I want to see Belle. Or just a full covered, like even face, like all black, and yeah. he's just yeah. carrying a brick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So China and Brian, you're obviously talking to three of the cast members uh, of this production. And you touched upon this a little bit earlier, but um, I want to talk a little bit about casting this show and what the considerations were and the challenges and how many people auditioned for the show and all of that kind of stuff. So if you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, over 80 people auditioned for Beauty and the Beast, and we ended up casting originally about 33 and uh, which was a huge amount of cuts. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge amount of really talented people um, who got cut, which I think as a director is both a blessing and a curse. So you're happy that you got that much talent, but sometimes it can be really difficult, especially in the community theater world when it's people that you know or people that sure. you've worked with before um, to send out some of those emails. So I think that part was kind of tough. And then casting it from there, and once we got to callbacks, was even harder. Um, we had several people who could, you both play your roles beautifully, but uh, we had several people who we could have cast as Belle or Beast, and it just came mostly down to chemistry and how you read together and all of that kind of culminating in, you know, what became, you know, a historic sort of production. But this show could have easily been cast about four different ways and probably would have been just as like just as successful. But um, we're both incredibly happy with how it turned out. And we're, we think everyone settled into their roles very well. So um, <laughs> given that you are not in the show, obviously, um, and I don't even know if you want would want to be in the show, but if you could be in the show, what role would you want to play in a perfect Great role? Oh, uh, sneak surprise! I will be in the show. Closing <laughs> <laughs> night. Sparkly fork. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, I don't know. I think I would either want to be Belle or Mrs. Potts, I think, it would be the for sure. Belle, because I'm the same age as Jamie. We're both 34, so I feel like I'm nice. on that cusp Youngins. where I'm like, oh, I'm never going to play a princess. You were a step You were a stepsister? Yes, I was a stepsister. I still have never played a princess, though. Um, so I think for that reason, I'd want to be a princess, but I also love the Mrs. Potts song. I think yeah. that song is one of the most gorgeous, iconic songs in Disney history. Not yeah. just Beauty and the Beast history. I think in any history, history, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, like that song is stunning. So I would like to play Belle, but I would like to sing Mrs. Potts. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Double duty. <laughs> Make it happen, Alan Menken. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that lift while singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> right. What about you, Brian? B Rye. Brian. Brian. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I never really thought of, I don't really think about roles that I want to be in because I don't do a lot of shows. Um, I don't know, Monsieur Dark, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Play the bad guy once in a while. Sure. Yeah. Got a nice song. Being the bad guy's fun. <laughs> yeah, how's it been being a bad guy? I saw in a recent article you said. Uh, yeah, Kenosha like News, a uh, nice little article. It's, Hiding for Grandma Rose. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this goes out to Grandma Rose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You and I are going to scrap. <laughs> Is she coming again? She's coming. She's making cookies. I would like to get a video, honestly, of Grandma Rose and me up in the West Wing and then her throwing me off of the tower. Like, I want that to happen so bad. You can make it happen. 
Um, we could have just gone over and get her up there. <laughs> but also, like, I feel maybe you'll have to like get just thrown off the stage. Right. I I also feel Gently. like she would actually throw me off the stage. <laughs> We've got a ranking system, don't we? No. Uh, and we that would be funny. We do. I did not. I did. Oh, that's it, amazing. It's called. It's called. <laughs> ga- it's called. It's called gag. Grandma's against Gaston. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, <laughs> because this is, this is, this is strange out of context. Everyone's like, why is this guy want to fight a grandma? And isn't she like, well, how old is she? So she's 92. And so here I am talking about being the villain. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to beat up a 92 year old woman. The beast's 92 year old. Right. Right. So we, um, <laughs> Jesus, we're, uh, after the show, we get to go out to the lobby and and in um meet the 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 kids and the families and everyone else who were fans of the show and uh i was just sort of um looking the other way and i get tapped on my shoulder and i turn around and someone's like this is um rose this is the beast grandmother and she's got something to say to you and i'm like oh boy i think she's gonna kill me because she she has a walker and i thought maybe she was gonna pull like a blade out of there or something (laughs) be pretty sweet and she's like you're the one who tried to kill my grandson <laughs> and i'm like i actually do kill your grandson in the show um but he yeah and she goes she, well you uh, i'm i'm not gonna let you kill my grandson anymore and i was like the re- for a 30 year old movie the, the reason i plunged my knife into his back is because he used my razor to shave <laughs> and then so people started snapping pictures of us as we were engaging and it looked yeah and it looked like and it looked like a um if you watch ufc or wrestling like one of those face-off pictures yeah. where we're like and i'm like man this Choose your character. right <laughs> it's street fighter um, Mortal Kombat. Finish her. And um, and so it it was very very funny. And then it just sort of took on a life of its own. Yeah. Um, and then I um sort of photoshopped both of our pictures onto a UFC background. And then it took on another life of its own. And now, um, every member of the cast is like Team Rose, no Buddha guest on. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. That's really cool. There was that one too of that kid like stabbing you lightly yeah and yeah yeah. everyone was like it's about time yeah. and i was like wow yeah. dang <laughs> he's doing what we're t- we're too afraid to do <laughs> someone get this kid a medal um but that, i think that's one of the fun parts of this experience is like going out to the lobby and just the outpouring of people who just love the show and seeing the kids smile and and the um the line of you know ten thousand little girls in bell's dresses who want to take a picture with mm-hmm. bell and um, that, that's just, that's the sort of the payoff. So, um, I do love when you come up in character and you like just yeah. pose, jump in front of the photo. We're trying oh to yeah. Take. yeah. yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's I, I don't know what it is. Um, there's like this thing, that, you know, cause Gaston is a funny character, but he's also like a dirt bag and he does a lot of dirt bag <laughs> yeah. things and you know, he's a Disney villain. Right. And so, um, you know, we go out into the lobby or the auditorium for intermission to sell 50-50 raffle tickets or roses or whatever. And so I stay in character because why wouldn't I stay in character? Otherwise, I, I'm just a regular guy in this ridiculous getup. And I started... Cosplaying in the theater. Yeah, I started to see that people were responding really, really well to me being in character. So people were like, hey, great job. And I'm like, I know. Um, hey, this show's really fun. You're welcome. Just stuff like that. So, um, 
you know, you it's funny how you can do or say terrible things as a Disney villain, even off stage, and people are like, ha ha ha, that's hilarious. And it, All right, <laughs> that cool. Is nice. He wasn't acting nice with that, guys. Yeah, you do. You yeah, do. You do. <laughs> um, My face is falling off by the end. <laughs> I um, I do also have to say that there, are, I probably shouldn't say this. I'm going to anyway. Um, I don't get photos mobbed with photo um, requests like Jamie as Belle and Aaron as Beast. Um, cause you guys get mobbed with kids. I get mobbed by <laughs> mothers, mothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. and, um, it's strange. <laughs> the amount of, Hey, your pants are really tight. Oh, thanks. I hope you enjoyed the show, sir. I wonder what they think of silverware. <laughs> um, so let's just move past that. <laughs> um, another note. um, yeah. Yeah, that silverware's got some extra silverware, doesn't he? Um, Not MAGA, Max. Yeah, mom's all over Gaston. Gags and mags. Um, Brian, um, you're the music director of the show, so tell us about the process that this has been for this a production of this magnitude and perhaps some of the goods and the bads um, of of music directing a production of this scale. Uh, it's, it was really cool, actually. Um, I really, the music in this is so beautiful and so well-crafted. Alan Menken's pretty good, I guess, you know? So, but, like, his... He's his, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, his Sorry. orchestration and his voicing for the characters, too, was really nice. It, like, it was not, like, all these newer uh, shows. I mean, like, not, no knocking them, but, like, they always try to go for, like, the big notes all the time or, like, try to stress the sopranos as high as they can all the time, but... Alan Menken, he writes for the voice very well. Mm -hmm. And, like, the harmonies that he incorporates and all that stuff is really nice, too. So, like, um, but there was, like, some, obviously, some tough parts. Uh, Human Again was a very um, uh, harmonically crunchy part uh, song for some of the ensemble members. Um, the rhythms, too, were pretty tough. But they got it. And so it was, it's been, it was a really fun ride teaching, this, teaching these songs to everyone. I don't think I've ever heard that term. Crunchy. crunchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just. It's an just, amazing that's term, that's though. That's but I mean, it's a really good way to, to put yeah. it. Um, like I, I totally understand what you mean. Harmonically crunchy. I think <laughs> too. Like I think too. That music is the music term. is so classic. Like that first like just initial da na na na. Like it's so yeah. recognizable mm -hmm. immediately. And along those lines, and sort of to expand on this um, thought process, there's lots of people who I mean. I would, it's probably fair to say everyone that comes to see the show has probably seen the original animated picture from 1991. So they're going to recognize all of the songs from the movie. But what people may not know who haven't seen the musical is that there are some songs in this show that are, um, have been added. Uh, and again, Alan Menken um, uh, writing those songs. So can you tell us a little bit about those songs and overall, what are your favorite songs from the show? And everyone else can expand on their favorite songs from the show, but I'll start with you, Brian. Uh, the biggest song that, they, that he added was uh, Beast's uh, Act One finale song. Um, it, that one is just so powerful, and it's just the, the thought and care to give like, some more characterization to the Beast as well, not just like some uh, overbearing creature that made a mistake but like he like did make a mistake and it humanizes him a little bit so he's not actually the villain in this story and it kind of helps out this song helps out uh flesh that 
part of his side, uh, part of his character out more. Um, so I really love that. Um, and just like all the, like, especially in like in the intermission, or not the intermission, the uh, overture, you got that, that, um, that opening line and that super low bass hit. Yeah. It's just the prologue. Just, yeah. The yeah. prologue in there. It's just so powerful. Like I, I haven't heard, I can't remember it being in the, the, mo- uh, the movie, but like hearing it, uh, when we played it for the first time, it just made me feel like, whoa, this is like a legit musical. <laughs> like, it was just so powerful. So, your favorite song from the show? Oh yeah, that was that'd be uh, the Beast finale. If I can't love her, okay. Um, China, what about you? What's your favorite song from the show or movie? I think my favorite uh, my favorite song is "Be Our Guest." Um, I cry almost every time that that one is performed. It's not, well, one, it's a seven minute song. (laughs) So So there's a lot of parts to it. And I like it because it kind of follows its own recipe because you don't notice unless you're one of the people dancing in it, hopefully, that it's a seven minute song. Sure. And I think that takes some real crafting to be able to pull off a seven minute song and have it not feel like a seven minute song. And I like that it takes a lot of different styles. Like there's like the tango section, there's a sad section, back to a happy section. And I think that that song is just kind of a masterpiece in and of itself in the show. Um, not just musically, but also the choreography, which um, we had by Rachel, which is really stunning in that one. And then I think that music alone inspires everything else around it. Like it really inspired how we designed the lights and inspired how we did so many things with it that I think that song is just my favorite. And I see all the hard work that went into it, not just by the actors, but by crew and tech and choreographers and Brian and everyone else. And so that one just always makes me, even though it's kind of a happy song, it makes me kind of teary because that one kind of brings together the whole experience of the show. Sure. That's a wonderful answer. Um, and also t- to sort of draw back on what you were saying before, Brian, which is Alan Menken's sort of um, uh, penchant for, for making things very simple. That's a song that people could oversing. They could add a bunch of runs and, and riffs and that kind of thing. But like just how simple the melody is um, over that really sort of, I don't even want to call it a dense orchestration, but just a perfect orchestration, I think, um, sort of lends itself. And Nikki does a wonderful job sort of emoting um, in that song. And because she has to sing the title track of the song, which everyone knows was, you know, Angela Lansbury voiced Mrs. Potts in the original movie. Um, and she has to do all that with the pressure of that, you know, what that song means for the show, but also not be distracting while she's doing it. So, you know, that's, that's a very tall order for anyone to sing. And she does, she does it really, really well. So um, kudos to her. Yeah, for sure. Nikki did do a great job with her song. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do want to comment about the translation from the movie to the stage. It's like Alan Menken added all this orchestration to like, like China said, like bring out, and make it more purposeful for the stage. So it mm-hmm. like helped out with like figuring out lighting cues um, and even blocking as well. It just like it, the way I, I'm, like, he probably did think of it, but like the way Alan Menken like orchestrated the songs and arranged it for the stage was just it was just very genius mm-hmm. of him. It's very inspiring. It like lends itself to be like, oh, lights belong here, just because you can hear it in sure. the music. Um, and what about our beast and our beauty? What are your favorite songs from the show and or the movie? 
Um, I I do like the Beast song, obviously, <laughs> but um, for what the reasons that you said, Ryan, I think it does like humanize and creates the whole arc of the character. Um, I like Gaston actually a lot. That that's one of my favorite numbers. I think <laughs> it's just that's the only downside of being the Beast. I don't get to be in that number. You know, you guys have a lot of fun, and then I love the the Beauty and the Beast. I think it's like the climax of the show. Um, I guess on my personal level, I love both of the character qualities that home and a change in me add to Belle because Belle's not our singing Disney princess. She really doesn't sing that much in the Disney movie. Right. Um, So that's, I think that adds so many more layers to her. She can be kind. She can be angry. She can be soft. She can be harsh. She can be just so many different levels. And that's what I love about her. She's not that meek little princess that's scared of things. She's brave. But I think my favorite song that was added is probably No Matter What. Um, and a, yeah, a huge really part of that song. is due to mm-hmm. Alex yeah, and I's chemistry. He's such a giving yeah. actor on stage. He is mm-hmm. phenomenal to partner with. Um, but it's just such a beautiful, touching song that, again, adds to Belle's background, Maurice's background. I, I think it's just an awesome beginning to the show. It's easy to forget that this is only Alex's second show yeah. ever. It's insane. And um, It's insane. It's, I mean... His first show was here at the Roadie as well. He was the Cowardly like Lion yeah. um, in The Wizard of Oz, which was just the show before this mm-hmm. one, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, you would never think that this is a guy who has never been on stage before. Just his overall presence and his sort of stage savvy, as it were, um, just very, very, like he's been on stage a million times. Mm-hmm. And so um, while his talent is um, essentially limitless, um, there's a very... Um, tender and sort of um fatherly quality to how he plays maurice and especially in that moment where he has to have that connection with bell mm-hmm. between a father and a daughter and you know it happens a couple times in the show but um you know alex isn't a dad and that's not to say that um he can't emote those feelings but for someone who isn't a dad especially a, a dad who's much older um he really does sort of hit that emotional pitch he's found um, his way marvelously yeah. he's so so many people in this cast are such a blessing to work opposite of. You're not, you're, you're, I feel like every connection I have to make, like even when I'm waving at the silverware and be our guest, mm-hmm. people are giving me everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more fun to work and to play and to go off of genuine emotion than someone that's not. So Alec, I mean, above all, he's just, he's a very giving scene partner. Um, Katie, you, uh, and I'll ask you the same question about uh, your favorite song from the show or for the movie or both but you know you've been here for every performance um and that's mostly because um (laughs) for every performance yes yes. um but that's also because you are sort of behind the scenes helping with tickets and concessions and sort of overall logistics of things going on um and also you've been very present during the entire rehearsal process and you know i guess the reason i'm sort of structuring this question this way is it's probably very easy for people who are not involved in the show on stage to get sick of the things that they hear all the time. So has that happened for you with this no, show? No, what's crazy is I've watched the the movie version from 1997, 1997, 2017, I think yeah. it was, yep. and the cartoon this week. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to watch the movies. Sure. Um, I You've love never it. Seen it before? No, I've absolutely seen it. Oh, okay. Movies. But I was just like, I was like, I really want to watch it. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to watch them right now. <laughs> Usually that's not the case. When I've ever been involved in a show, and I think because I came into this so late, um, and I was just helping with costumes, and I was just here kind of randomly, 
um, I I can't listen to the music. So when we did Wizard of Oz 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. I only now just started to be able to watch the movie again Ugh. because it was just this, it was every day, yep. every day. We did Rent in 2018 and I can't listen to the songs yet because it's just, I'm like, they're, they were every day for months. Was it that recent that you guys did Rent? 20, 2016, I think. 2018, 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah, 2018. Yeah, so for most of the shows, I will say the 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 one exception would probably be um, Into the Woods, ironically, just because it's such good there's such good music in that one. Um, but for this, I would say my favorite song. I love all the songs. They're such good songs. The song that gets stuck in my head the most is Human Again. Um, <laughs> That's true. It's I'm like I'll be vacuuming like. <laughs> <laughs> that's really appropriate yeah exactly um it, well it's really interesting too because they did record that for the 1991 musical and mm-hmm. they never used it right um and then i put my favorite song is is 100 be our guest it, it's first of all it's a, just such a classic song to begin with i love the cartoon version and the movie version but this i didn't realize it was seven minutes i've watched mm-hmm. it every night so it's i sneak in there because the silverware like runs through the, by the concession stand, and I'm like, I can't never watch Beauty. I'm <laughs> yeah, and then I'll watch that, and then I'll leave to get ready for the for intermission. Yeah. So so far, because I haven't watched the whole show, I am on Saturday. I've only seen that, and then the very last scene, just because I wanted to see the the thing at the end, which I don't know if we want to talk about, so I won't say anything. <laughs> um, and I did not realize it was seven minutes which is insane because yeah. I mean the, a lot of these they're not stopping yeah. like the, really the ensemble yeah. and, and Brandon who plays Lumiere he does not stop the whole time yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how he gets up and does another <laughs> half of the show after that because yeah. there's no way um, but it's just fun it, it does it have everything you can just tell the cast is having such a good time but the audience reaction is what's really mm-hmm. awesome because they're just like <gasps> Yeah. Just, they love it. The Friday night, they actually he actually had a couple of people stand up afterwards. Yeah, they had a little like, mini oh, standing a little ovation. Standing ovation yeah. after the one song. Well, that's and awesome. maybe that's why Alan Menken wrote "If I Can't Love Her," not because he wanted to humanize the beast, but because he's like, we gotta give the ensemble and like Lumiere a break because yeah. they've been on stage for thirty-five days <laughs> doing this song. Doing that scene right yeah. after "Be Our Guest," like we're watching Ruben run off, and I turn around and I'm like. <laughs> um, but yes dinner, I'm parched um, shout out to Brandon for again yeah. another yeah, great well and it's it's funny because um, when we got the costumes originally from Mac um, we had to take some of them in mm-hmm. and one of them was his and he's like I didn't think I lost any weight I'm like you've literally been dancing yeah. for probably two hours a night for the last three months almost yes. like, all the costumes oh, we had yeah, to take in <laughs> you're going to lose weight yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was swimming yeah. in that yeah. I was like of course you are he's like maybe this is all I have to do and I was like yeah just do a musical yeah. constantly because we took everyone's to measurements at the read through yeah. and then yeah. by the time we got the costumes idea. nobody's costumes yeah. fit yeah. them they anymore all, they all lost weight but that's a great um but it's a great complaint to have. Yeah. It's probably easier to take something in than to add yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, don't even want to get into that. <laughs> um, so, Katie, as long as I um, sort of have you at this point, um, you're the president of the board of Lakeside Players, and so you look at a show of this scale and maybe might be a little hesitant to produce it on your main stage, which is, you know, a little bit smaller than some other um, – mm-hmm community theaters or professional theaters so was there ever a thought in your mind or the board's mind about not being able to pull this show off and i guess how does that decision impact the i guess the creative freedom that 
the directors have with the shows. So there's definitely, because of the way our stage is set up, and for those who haven't been here or don't know the history, it was one stage at one point. And then in the 70s, like literally, I think three months before Star Wars came out, they split the theater in half and put movie screens up. So it was actually a movie theater for several years. 1977 and then, that would have been, I yeah. think. So they, they split it like like that same year. And um, and then it closed, I think, in 1983. So it sat dormant for three years. And so when we got in, we had to like completely lay the stage down. And, and so it's, it's not only a much smaller stage, it's a very strangely shaped stage. Mm-hmm. And if you're new to that setting, it's very weird to work in. It, it fits like a great, um, you know, like if it was a house or something. Like it fits great if you have three walls. Um, it's less friendly if you have anything else. Um, I've done a bunch of shows where it's just been like, let's see what we can do. Um, (laughs) Wizard of Oz is a prime example of that. Um, because you had to get really creative because there's so many different scenes. So that is always a, a, a worry for us. Um, there's also the worry of, we have a a main set builder, you Mm -hmm. know, is he going to be able to do it? And he's, he's great, and he performs miracles. He doesn't ever think he can do it, mm-hmm. but he does it every time without fail. He um, he's never not put it together, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with this show, it was helpful to have so many talented people who could do, like, the set painting and, like, the rose and all of that stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, when I've done a show, I, like, I, like we've talked about, I can put a base coat on, but I cannot do the rest of it. I just don't have that in me. Um, so the last show we did was Little Shop, and thankfully I had a couple of really good, talented painters who could actually paint things. And I was like, good, because I can't paint a straight line. <laughs> so um, that is always a really big concern. So we haven't done some musicals. Like uh, like a really great one that I can think of off the top of my head is Hairspray. Sure. Because like we just don't have the space for everyone to dance um, because you want a big dancing cast. I would love to do that show, and I think maybe we could do it, but I just think that there would be a huge spacing issue. Well, good luck getting the rights. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's um, you know, we've wanted to do like Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And that one's another one where it you need a fairly large stage to sure. pull off, you know, the really kind of grandness of it. Even with Into the Woods, we had to get very, very creative. Yeah. We had like a weird ramp system and it worked. <laughs> it 100% worked, but it took forever to figure out how to do the it. The paper mache alone. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be hard to do that when, like, it's great and you guys always figure it out, but it's. You know, you probably have to weigh the fact that how much time am I putting into that mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it does work. Yeah. yeah. And even with, um, like, for Adam's family, at least, like, it was in, like, within a house. That helped. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. And we used that set for, um, actually, the opera had previously used it, and we just built onto it. And then, um, you know, for Wizard of Oz, it was, you know, how do we convey the castle and the poppy fields and mm-hmm. her house and all that. And so... I think it takes creative, really creative directors, obviously. But like I said, Ed Skinner, who is our master stage builder, he's the one who's like, yeah, we could probably do it. Or says, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) And then he does it anyway. (laughs) I I do think for this show, he did fight us on it. He's like, it's a really extensive set. And we're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got this. We redesigned it, though, um, from the original. Because when we did it, yeah, when they did it here before, they did put in, like, huge walls on all three sides. And, like, everything had to get up and move. Yeah, we did the junior version, like, years ago. Yeah. Mm. So we we did a whole different design this time. Yeah, and I think this design, I mean... I will say I've probably mm-hmm. seen every set on the stage for the last 20 years. Uh-huh. I think this is the best set I've ever seen. Um, when I saw it, I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's not what I said, but uh, <laughs> I won't say the word I said. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, it's so, like, 
China sent me a picture and it was the like bricks in front and I was like, how do they get bricks like up there? And I was like, oh my God, that's painted? Like that was... It does look really good. I couldn't, I was like, oh, they're real. Like she, she got like foam bricks into it and I was like, oh no, it's actually just painted. Amazing. It's funny because, you know, I've, I don't know Ed that long. Um, you know, I was kind of involved with Wizard of Oz and more involved with this show, obviously, behind the scenes. And I remember just very early on in the process before I even, you know introduce myself to ed he was like i don't know how we're gonna do this mm -hmm. and then you come in <laughs> you come in the next day and oh and it's just magically done you did it i guess yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting because uh we always have kind of a saying that if you can work with ed you can work in the theater like sure. if you're gonna piss him <laughs> off you're not gonna be able to do a big show because mm -hmm. you're gonna not find anyone who wants to set, put your setup um and that's true so like for shows i've done he's like i think i have this idea and i'm like great run with it yeah it's like i trust that you know <laughs> yeah um because when they did was revise again he's like i'm gonna use like mostly the same stuff because it really worked we're just gonna you know do it a little different because we we learned obviously we learned some things the first time like the casters on the the wheelie things were way too small mm -hmm. um but yeah so i mean <clears throat> it, it's it is one of the weird things about the stage that it is such a very weird shape yeah the and window really scared ed Yes. Uh, oh. and <laughs> he was so nervous. He was so nervous about the window. Every day I would get texts and phone calls about the window. Uh, oh, the he, stained glass window. Yeah, the okay. stained glass well, window. And, and he, um, which by the way, I actually, it was still plugged in, so I unplugged it just for tomorrow, just so someone knows. What? It was fine. Like the, the, the light was. Oh, okay. The light was plugged in. And it wasn't hot because it's LED, but I just, yes. I did unplug it. Um, as, a, as an aside from this conversation. Yeah, as I walked <laughs> in today. By the way, I left um, the, um, I left the coffee pot on at home. Yeah, so by the way. If you could, um, um, I, Ed is is great, but he voice texts, which is which is great. I do too, and I, it's horrible. But it'll be like this seven paragraph long yeah. thing, and you're just like, okay, I gotta take a minute. Uh, okay, what did he mean there? Because he doesn't catch the mistakes, or if he does, he doesn't care. I mean, I don't blame him. I wouldn't either. Um, but yeah, it's just like I got it. Okay, and he would call me, and he'd be like. I don't know if we can do this or yeah. I can't find this. And I'd be like, I haven't been in the theater in two months. Like, what are you talking? I don't know where this stuff is. My, yeah. my mom used to, uh, she got, <laughs> she got a smartphone very late in her life, but she would, I showed her how to use the, <laughs> the voice text feature mm -hmm. and she would start voice texting me, but then she'd forget that she was <laughs> doing something. And so she'd start having a conversation with somebody else. And that entire conversation yep. has now been <laughs> I've done that. I'm I'm so guilty of that. I'll push it and then I'll like be at a drive through and I'll be like, oh well, my whole order is in this message and I'll delete, delete, delete. I've done that a lot when I'm texting you. Yeah, I can imagine. Ton, where I'll be like, yeah, that'll work. Hey, can I get a? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So I guess some of the thing, other things that I wanted to talk about, we actually um, sort of um, talked about earlier. Um, and, you know, I guess, uh, you know, talking to you, Jamie, about the distance that you've traveled to be in the show and talking to you, Aaron, about, um, you know, how long it's been since you've been on stage and sort of the challenges of maybe knocking some rust off and that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know if the two of you have anything as far as those things are concerned that you want to expand upon that you haven't already said as far as like your um, experience and the, the distance that you've traveled or you, Aaron, with the 20 years that you've been um, not on stage or anything else that you might like to add about 
your experience overall? I think for me, um, one of the biggest things that made my life so much easier is they've actually been staying and living with you know, the beast and Mrs. Potts. <laughs> we make a great trio. And uh, yeah, I was looking for a place to rent when I originally started this because I just figured it'd be the cheaper route to go sure. as opposed to going back and forth all the time or whatnot. Sure. And they generously offered up their entire basement level to me. So that's made my existence here so much easier. And I'm sure I'm much more pleasant to work with because of it. It was a lot of commuting. It was. Yeah. But it was, you know, I just... I would listen to the show every day or work on my vocals or like it just made me sit down and really get the script and really get everything in my body, which was nice. But thank you guys for doing that because no it problem. made everything a lot easier. It's been, yeah, it's been a joy too to get to know you. And I remember Nikki came out and she was like, I just blurted out, you can stay in our basement. Like we had not even like met you. <laughs> with my dog. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was Nikki who? <laughs> yeah, Nikki like literally the yeah. first night was like, Before you can I live in our basement. Yeah, she said, like, you, you can live with me. And, I'm and like, then like oh. we got home and she was like, I just invited her. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, I don't even know her. They didn't even know that I was a murderer. Well, yet. and <laughs> I mean, that just goes—it just goes to show you with like theater people in general, right? Because they're—they're yeah. they're, in general, they want to give you the shirt off their back. And before we started this recording, you know, we were sort of half joking about Jamie maybe even relocating to the area. And oh, I got a—you know—I got a house and I got three extra bedrooms, <laughs> and my brother is moving out, and I'll kick my grandma out so you can stay with us. And it's just <laughs> sort of a testament to. Um, yeah, kick out Grandma Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will kick her out. <laughs> I was gonna say for me, it's taken like a little bit to shake the rust off. I feel like I like I was reading the script like so many times. I'm like, why aren't I? Like I was getting it, but I was like, you've probably seen me like reading it like eight thousand times backstage. Like it finally clicked like the last week. I was like, okay, I got it. You know. And like I, it I just took a little bit to. I want to be clear. I, 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 when I said to shake the rust off, that was not a an indictment. No, no. I'm just saying anything. in general, like yeah. I it used to come a little easier. Sure. So it just took me a little longer. So. <clears throat> now you'll be fine next time. Yeah. Next if you don't yeah. wait. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so what show are you gonna do when you come back in twenty years? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sixty <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the show was scheduled to run for two weekends and, um, I remember having a conversation with you, China, very, very early on. And I'm like, only two, huh? No chance of extension. (laughs) And, you know, I think there was sort of an idea that we probably could extend, but we got to sell a lot more tickets than what we sold so far. And I thought to myself, it's Disney. It's Beauty and the Beast. It's going to sell. Um, it's just a matter of when it's going to start selling. And then it sort of was a very small snowball effect where it was just a couple tickets here, a couple tickets there. And then we were, what, two weeks away from opening, and then it really caught fire. And then we're getting into tech week, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the floodgates open, and here we are, and we're selling um, – all of these tickets. And I don't know, the last time I saw a count, um, I think it was oh, 2,050-something. Yeah, it's, so, it was way more now. I feel like okay. the last oh. few days so, been going up 100 yeah. tickets. So, yeah, you have been, because yeah. I, I check it. Before you, before you give us the answer yeah, to the question, um, let me um, preface this just a little bit. Um, and this is specifically for um, <clears throat> Katie and China and, and maybe even Brian or anyone else who wants to answer. But... Um, now that we've extended into a third weekend and um, 
can you talk us, you know, obviously talk to us about the numbers that we've been doing and the success. And what does the success of the show mean in the annals of history for this theater in particular? So um, we've only really been doing full-scale musicals for about 12 years. Um, it was something that when I was in high school, we were like, we can't do musicals here. It just doesn't happen. Mm. I think because of the stage. I also think because of talent and all that. And I say 10 years. It's probably it's probably been more like 15 years, but like really full-blown. We did, we did very, very kid-friendly ones like Annie, Wizard of Oz, like ones that you have a lot of kids and you're going to get butts and seats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we started – trying to experiment with the types of musicals. And we had, you know, mixed success. We had, like, great success with shows like Rent or Avenue Q. Um, You know, not as good a success, like, with Secret Garden, even though it's a great show. It's just, it's kind of, I mean, it's a beautiful show. It's not for this crowd. Um, Kenosha, in general, is really notorious at not, like, buying tickets way in advance. Um, Like, we'll, we'll do an event, and we'll sell more the first, the next, the last like three days and I'm like, um, (laughs) and so I was like, okay, I mean, we're doing okay. You know, we have the Saturday show, Saturday afternoon shows. Those are going to do great. Cause like it's a long show. It's two and a half hours. Like kids don't want to be up till 10 a.m. Well, their parents don't want them to be up till 10 p.m. And then it just started taking off and taking off. And so I was like, I'm going to see what our best, I know what our best selling show was, but I'm going to see like where it compares. So, um, our best selling show prior to this was rent. We had sold it out several times. Um, I was really proud of that because I had directed it. Um, it nearly killed me, but I had directed <laughs> it. Um, it's a long show. It's very, very music intensive. If anyone's ever seen it or heard the soundtrack, it's almost exclusively music. Yeah. Um, it's all adults who were having show romances. I'll say uh, a lot of them were. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was very difficult. Um, Care and to tell us about some of those? No, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I, I thankfully... It was one of those weird things where, like, I wasn't, like, a, like not a part of it, obviously, but I wasn't, I didn't hear about a lot of it. Like, they kept it to themselves. Thank God. Um, no kidding. But I was, I said to China, I said, I think you're going to outsell rent. I think without any question, you're going to outsell rent. I said, I think you're going to outsell Adam's Family and, and Wizard of Oz, which were our two best-selling shows this year. Um, and Wizard of Oz, let's just, I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at. That, yeah. That, that show is a guaranteed seller. such seller. a great show. Right. Yeah, it's a gar- you have all the munchkins. I mean, we did probably equal numbers the first time we did it. Um, and I was like, I think you're going to sell them out. In fact, I told her, I think, was it today? I was like, you know, if you sell out, you'll actually sell more than both of them combined. Wow. Um, if you sell out the rest of the, the shows, uh, I think plus 300. So, cause I'm, I'm that kind of person. And I, so <laughs> like I, have, yeah, I have the, I have the, you know, I'm, I've obviously have like access to our ticketing system. So I would look and look, and then all of a sudden it would be like, it would sell like five, 10 a day, 15 a day. And then it was like 120, 150. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and it was, I mean, I really credited a lot to the cast because they were on social media pushing it like crazy, um, which was great. And then I just think that like, it's it's a well-known show. Like you want to mm-hmm. come see Beauty and the Beast. Sure. So many people in this theater have come to the theater that's never been here before, mm-hmm. which I love because um, obviously I love new generations. But um, I think the fact that it's such a good show and 
I've only, like I said, heard good things. No one's come out of the theater and been like, I've seen better. Um, <laughs> thank God. That would be so rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've had, I've had people cool. that have come up and said like, oh, this is better than some of like the professional stuff I've seen. I say um, that after looking into the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, better. There's been a lot of people too um, that have been like, I'm coming again. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm yeah. bringing yeah. more people. I have people who, yeah. who have, yeah, who are like, oh, I'm coming this day, this day, this day. And I'm like, that's the, wow. That's great, but you better buy your tickets yeah. right now. Well, yeah. what's, what's really crazy, so um, I always joke, my family, they're supportive, but some of my family just don't like musicals, sure. which is fine. That's fair. Um, it Partially because, like, she's going to kill me if she ever hears this. My cousin has mid-level hearing range, so she can't hear songs unless she can see the, vo- the mouths, sure. which is not always doable. And so... Um, she she like she won't come but like my stepdad and i'm bringing my niece on on saturday um he came last week and he's like oh, i just wanted something to watch and he loved he could not stop praising it and i was like i don't think you've ever praised a show i've done this <laughs> um what is happening um yeah it, it's just so funny because um he's probably like my harshest critic but like in a good way like he he'll tell yeah. me like legitimately what he thinks and he's like oh i really loved it like i can't really can't wait to see it again um and so I just think that we're getting generations out. And I also think, yeah, we're getting a ton of people who are like, I'm going to come see it again for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. And um, we're getting just people from all over. And I, I love that. So um, for those wondering, let's see, what are, what are we at? Drum roll, please. <laughs> I'll, add, I'll, uh, I'll add it in post. 2225. Wow. So we're, we're a solid 200 over what Rent did. I mean, and there are three extra shows, I will say. Um, but... You know, to, to be sold out on Sunday for Sunday already, and we're close to sell out for Saturday afternoon and Friday. Um, That's nuts. I mean, that, that theater gets packed. That's why I, like, I feel bad. People are like, it's really cold in here. I was like, yeah, but when you stuff 300 people in that theater, no, it's not. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, we haven't had the heat on. So, yeah. And here the heat's on, but. Oh, definitely up here. Yeah. It's different, on. different system. But yeah, I mean, it's also deeply relaxing in a way that. We have not, we've struggled since COVID. Um, when we went home at COVID, it was right after Little Shop of Horrors. And uh-huh. we had just done like a little show in the um, in the small theater. And we had money. And we had money for the first time in several, several years. I mean, this theater has been close to shutting down a number of times because of lack of funds. And it, it and ones that I remember. So um, we were in a great place. And then we went home. So we had to cancel the rest of the season. Now, the rest of the season wasn't anything huge. We had already done our one big musical because we'd only done one. And the next season came around, and we couldn't do anything. We did Christmas Story, and then we did nothing. And then last year we did High School Musical, but that was only one of four shows we did, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest show we did. And so we were, I mean, it was a struggle um, probably from November 2020. And it was, there was definitely times when I was like, Okay, we got to make two grand to pay the electric bill, otherwise they're going to shut our lights off. Um, you know, and luckily a lot of places were very um, understanding of that because we're a nonprofit, and so like I see the numbers and I see, oh great, we can get the roof fixed and we'll be able to pay our electricity bill, and we'll actually be okay if we don't do a ton of stuff this summer like rentals because like we don't need to, um, where we can like repair the building because typically we have off in the summers to do repairs because it's an old theater. It needs repairs. So, so is you know, and, and to sort of follow up on that question, um, obviously, lots of businesses and homes and families and places um, have struggled through COVID, post COVID, and so you know, 
you've come out on the other side and you're essentially trying to crawl out of this post COVID hole. And so, you know, you talk about needing repairs and the roof being fixed and, um, you know, sort of to add, um, Aaron and is it your, uh, real estate business, Mm -hmm. you know, generously donated, um, yeah. Um, doing a really nice, um, sort of cleanup and fix of the 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 men's men's bathroom bathroom downstairs. And it looks fantastic. I guess my question is, is because this is a nonprofit and I've been involved with other nonprofit theaters, um, before, um, some of the things that get fixed around the theater are done by volunteers who are just like, Hey, you know, I'm going to come in and do your lights or I'm going to come and do this. Is that something that you guys are, um, openly express or try to solicit people to, Hey, if you're, if you're, you know, yes and no, we have in the past and we've definitely, you know, again, one of the negatives with COVID is we actually lost a pretty substantial volunteer base. We had a pretty big volunteer base. We lost them. Of course, they either moved um, because they decided they don't, you know, they were going to live near family. We did actually lose a couple of them to, to illness, which was, you know, obviously a terrible thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're a hundred percent volunteer based and we do have like a fairly decent group of people who do can do building repairs but um the men's bathroom has never been on anyone's list which is terrible but i think because it's kind of sight unseen you don't see it it's downstairs right no one likes to go down there (laughs) um you know and and unfortunately throughout the building's history the building's 95 year old other things have cropped up we had the big flood in 2014 Mm -hmm. we have of course roof issues because it's an old roof it's flat um, and so we have to repair that every few years. We have, you know, different things that just have to get done. Um, we have a soft spot out on the stage that I would love to fix. Um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely do solicit that. So like if anyone is, is interested in anything, like we've, we've definitely gotten things from people, like we've gotten like paint donated and even like light bulbs just to like change lights out. Because when you have a chandelier that takes 40 light bulbs, oh, yeah. you know, only 40, huh? only 40, <laughs> I think it might be maybe 47 it's a weird amount like it's not even which is very weird um and you have four of those that's an insane cost like you're like oh it's just light bulbs well when you have to get 200 of them yeah it's no it's not and it's really high too right yeah thankfully we have scaffolding and we have people who are willing to like go up there and do it i'm not one of i don't mind heights but i'm not getting on that scaffolding i'm also not touching that chandelier it's so delicate because it's original Mm -hmm. um there's no way because i don't i'm I am way too clumsy to do that. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) we've definitely had people who have like helped. Like I said, when we had our flood, we had um, the people who who basically (laughs) made sure we could open um, the show and fix our concession stand. They were there from 8 a.m. to when we were finishing rehearsal. So for the casual listener who may have never set foot into this theater or perhaps they've been here and they they thought to themselves, hey, how can I help out? What? how can they get involved here and how can they contact you if say there's a plumber listening right now and he's like, Hey, I can fix your toilet That'd or be whatever. Great. Um, you can always email us info INFO at roadie center. So it's R H O D E center spelled normal dot org. Um, you can also um, stop by during show nights. There's somebody, there's a board member typically here. Um, if you know anyone, we are also on Facebook that we're answering messages all the time. Um, 
We don't have a solid phone number because it's always answered by the people in the pollard and they don't n- know what we're doing exactly. So <laughs> usually email because I'm between myself and my vice president, we're monitoring the email every hour. Constantly, sure. Yeah, because it goes right to him and then I monitor it in general. Um, we'll take any help. <laughs> also money. We love money. Yes. Send, us, money. send us your children and your money. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I said, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people who haven't been here, they don't know the history. So the theater was built by the Rap Brothers who built a lot of the, like the Lyric Opera House. Sure. And, and so, you know, it has a really historic past. And there's, there's really weird things you don't think about, like plaster repair. And plaster repair is one of those things that, like, there's, like, 10 people in the country that do it. Um, And we use the same people that, like, the big theaters in Chicago and Milwaukee do. And luckily, like, they usually donate their time. We have to pay for the product. But, um, you know, you don't think about the fact that it's a dying art. So we don't get it. My house in Racine is um, over 100 years old, and all the walls are plaster. So, And we're not talking about theater scale walls we're just talking about a, a house but and still, even yeah. fixing it it's yourself impossible. yeah it's it's tough like because there's a it's a dying art so we'll yeah. be like oh the plaster's fine well <laughs> it's probably fine for a while <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's 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 original it like it adds character yeah um so <laughs> we've talked about sort of this now this show we can officially say is the biggest selling yes. show in the history of Yes, of both, this both ticket-wise and financially. Sure. And so, oh, microphone right wants to go to sleep. <laughs> um, China and Brian, um, sort of a powerhouse team, because now your names are on three shows in a row, basically, where the sales have sort of gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. And um, you've sort of injected a little or reinvigorated the base here. Um, Agreed. So... Tell us about how this has sort of um, maybe ignited your passion for theater and also moving forward. Like, you know, it's hard enough to to be involved in one show, right? Just as an actor, as a crew member, but you have been at the top of every single major production and all three have been musicals in less than a year. And so obviously kudos to the two of you for sort of um, having your names on, on those things. But like, Tell us how you feel about all of that and just your experiences in general with those three shows. I'm a big head. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally joking. I'm We're so tired. <laughs> um, we want to sleep. Help. We're hostages. Hostages. Yeah, they can't leave. leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, they won't let us leave. No, the, the best thing about this is that, like, um, it's just that the casts have been so great to work with. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Except for that guy. Um, but, like, it's just been so helpful to have, like, a legit, like, community, like, support us in what we were doing. And then, like, the, and then the cast is just, like, working really well together. We have so many people with these hidden talents of, like, painting the set, building yeah. the set, building, making costumes and stuff like that. It was just been, we've just been so blessed with this production, especially with all this, like, just everybody just coming together, like, just we're all sharing this vision of making the roadie center, of, like, the center in southeast yeah. Wisconsin for, like, for art. I mean, and I give them all the credit because they're equally as invested. <coughs> like, uh, China and I, we we message each other all day. All day, every all day. day long. <laughs> and I feel bad because she's, like, she's, like, she's, like, okay, I got to go job. teach a class. Uh, I'll be online. But I work from home. And so, like, I'm, I'm just in front of my computer all day. Yeah. 
And so, like, if a message comes through, I can answer it. And so I'm like, oh, this is where you're at. This is what we're doing. Oh, the, good job with this. I mean, nice. the fact that I asked, I asked eight to twelve cast members, hey, give up your t- the twenty minutes you get to rest during the show and sell 50-50 tickets and roses for me. And they're like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. Because they're like crawling over. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they want to do it. Like, I've been in shows where I'm just like, I just want to rest. I want to, yeah. well, you guys aren't allowed to eat in costume. I want to eat some popcorn and just rest. But they're, they're so into it. So, you know, yeah. and I would come in during the week or I would say like, hey, who's at the theater? And they're, they're inevitably a cast member here, painting, doing costume work, putting glitter on everything everything, everything. yeah and so <laughs> I mean, so much glitter yeah. so it's i mean like the fact that like they got this cast to be so involved because i mean i think i've i've worked with a cast that they're here monday through thursday and then they're here for show days and then they they never come back That's and it. they don't care yeah um you know i've definitely had casts that have 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 pitched in but there's definitely people that you just don't see them outside of outside of rehearsal well i mean not to i don't want to be negative but just to we'd call those people part-timers yeah those are the people that they want the specific part in a show and they show up and they audition they get the part and then they suck up all the glory but then you know they don't bother to pick up a hammer or a paintbrush mm-hmm. or a broom um, and then when the show's over they don't help strike set or anything like that and then they leave everyone else to pick up the pieces until they come back and try to be in another show one of those interesting things about community theater is that you know the people that are going to do that oh yeah and and word spreads you know it's a very Mm -hmm. small community yes it is uh and so when you have people who audition you know i wasn't a part of any of the audition process other than like peeking in um but i knew people and i'd be like listen you know, maybe this person is is a little rough to deal with. You know, I've, I've worked with them in the past um, because I don't want anyone to repeat those same mistakes. Um, because when you work with someone like that and you're just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been – I mean, I feel like all of the cast I – mean, like I said, I, I was in, like, for costumes very late on. At just they're so willing to help. Like, they've helped clean this clean after the show is done. Sure. And that's crazy because, like – we're also helping clean, but it's because they're such big crews and it's a lot of kids. There's a lot of stuff everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we had, um, wizard of Oz and that, that wasn't the case. I mean, the, a couple of the crew would help, but like we would be there for two hours cleaning it up because it was just popcorn everywhere. <laughs> so much popcorn. Um, so China, um, we've heard Brian's answer. We've heard Katie's answer. And now, we hear from you about, you know, now that your name is on three shows that have made history here at the Roadie, um, how do you feel and, and sort of what's the plan for you moving forward here other than sleep? Oh, so she's going <laughs> to sleep for like a month? Yeah. I, have a te- I have a class to teach. She doesn't stop. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to stop. She's a machine. No. She's a machine. I, uh, yeah. She's a, a beast in a good way. Yeah. That's <laughs> what keeps her going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Katie actually messaged me. She goes, so what are you going to do now? <laughs> and I was like, start working on the next yeah. thing. She's um, like, maybe we should do this. And I was like, you're not even done with Beauty and the Beast. I was like, can we do a summer show? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think with the roadie, I've really found a home that I was really searching for. And um, 
it's a pretty amazing experience for me. I've been involved in community theater since I was three, and it's always been the one thing, theater's always been the one thing that's brought me out of some dark places mm -hmm. and kind of always been a lifeline for me. So I think now at this stage, I'm really invested in making sure that it's available to everybody and that this theater keeps going and that um, you know we do everything we can. I really want to start grant writing. I really want to start some, <laughs> some summer programs here um, and just you know even artist development programs for adults you know because there's so many adults that I hear in the lobby like oh man I wish I could do something like this. I wish I could be on stage or I wish I could do something like that. So I want to start some you know kind of giving back programs of getting adults you know cultivate our local talents a little bit more and then hopefully keep having the same amazing problem mm -hmm. of you know 80 plus people auditioning for shows and different things sure. and also getting such amazing casts that help with everything that even surprised me because I scheduled three work days with much anxiety in myself <laughs> of like oh they're all gonna hate me because <laughs> um, I'm gonna make them do all these things and they don't want to do them but it was very much the opposite um from that there was people on so many different projects and so many people pouring in ideas like hey I have this one tiny little idea and I know it's a tiny detail but like could we please just try it and you know yeah absolutely like let's try it you know how do you want to get it done and even Norgie with you when you said hey how are we doing the rows and I said <laughs> it's just gonna be in a jar because <laughs> um, no one's gonna see it and you said hey well what if we made falling petals what if we made it you know light up what if we did all these things and never again, again. with She's terror in my heart I said sure let's try it um, but it worked out and now we have this amazing rose <laughs> and then you hear the car the peel out like <laughs> sucker but, right but there's so many things you know Alex wanted to do a 12 foot stained glass window you know there's Man, it's so, so cool. many people who had so many great ideas for projects all the way down to even some of our youngest crew members uh, Grace you know who was like hey I just have ideas on when to change the lights for the rose and if the mood of the show is dark how about we turn it red or how about if the mood is this we turn it these colors you know so it was, everybody had a little piece of the pie everyone showed ownership in the show and I think for the first time here I was like this is community theater yeah like, this is this show is the definition of community theater well and you have so many people in this cast you have 30 people mm -hmm. uh, there it's I don't do shows with that big a cast anymore because there's usually divas um, I mean, I, I will Why do you look at me when you say that? <laughs> it was in the Divas. No, there or you know, there's just people that like they they don't want to pull their weight, or you know, they're not willing. Like, you know, one of the insane things to me is that when I came back a couple weeks ago, I think, and I walked in and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen the backstage so clean. <laughs> you know, we have a really huge backstage area, and it and it gets just until there's 30 filthy. people yeah. Back there. yeah when there's 30 people it's very tiny when there's eight it's great um but it we have all of our set building stuff and it just gets it can get very very claustrophobic back there very quickly with mm -hmm. very little you know like time and i was like this is amazing and we actually like i said <laughs> our fire inspector comments on he's like this is the cleanest i've ever seen the <laughs> um, are you guys moving yeah <laughs> even ed commented he's like i've never been able to work on this yeah. side of the table before <laughs> yeah so i mean the fact that like you have people like like you are willing to like be like let's clean this up yeah. um just it wasn't fun let me just say that oh it no wasn't. they no. never are but like you know like even uh, brandon who plays lumiere you know he contacted me after um christmas carol and he's like can i organize the 
dressing room and I was like, please, because many have tried. Everyone has failed. Sure. Um, and he's actually done more, I think, than than most um, because it's it, it's huge and it's just so much. Um, we get donated costumes all the time. We never say no because I never know if we're going to need them. Yeah, you never know. Um, and, and the amount of stuff we have up there. And we have probably like 40 wedding dresses up there. Mm-hmm. Um, just 39 now. We set one up for the set. Yeah, yeah. we did. We did. <laughs> And so, and so, you know, uh, to, to have a cast that actually like gets along as well as they do yeah. and is willing to help as much as they do is really, I think, indicative of the fact that like they're, they're really behind you guys as yeah. like a creative team. There was many pinch me moments in the show where it was like, this is going a little too well. Yeah. Like, when is this sh- <laughs> the other like shoe, shoe going to drop? Right. Um, like, when are they going to wheels fall off? Yeah. 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 And, and it didn't. It's just, it's still going and it's still going super strong. And now it's the most successful thing that we've done. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think it's, and I think that momentum too kept the cast going. And yeah. also like that opening night crowd. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah. haven't been here as long as Katie, but I've been seeing a lot of shows here and I've never heard an opening night crowd no. that was like it that was crowd. It was pretty like, they, nuts. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah they so. were, We our opening night crowds are usually a little smaller. They're usually pretty good, like, um, uh, you know, like crowd wise, but mm-hmm. they're usually smaller in the fact that we were, you know, 40 to a sellout on yeah. opening night is is crazy and then sold out of course that sunday and it's already sold out and are close to it for the for two days and we've talked a lot about the cast obviously um and this goes without saying and this is important for anyone who's listening for any show that gets done whether it's a, a huge musical like this or it's a, a small play or a junior production um without a crew mm-hmm. a show doesn't happen um, mm-hmm. yep. a solid crew the and amazing crew. um a big shout out to the crew of this show because they've been sort of under the gun um, from day one. They've Mm -hmm. been undermanned. Mm -hmm. um, They've had people go down. They've had people go out. And so um, they've never complained. Um, They don't get to come out on stage and bow when, when the end of the show happens. And, you know, we say a lot of times that uh, uh, crew doesn't get, the crew doesn't audition. They just, they show up and they, they do their thing. And a good crew, you never know that they're there because they're just working. And so, you know, we have a, a really, we have a small crew, but it's a very, very good crew that mm-hmm. they're doing the work of a uh, crew twice their size. So um, Grace, Michael, uh, Noah, Donovan, um, who else am I missing? Madison. Um, Maddie. Yeah, Maddie, I should say. Maddie. Maddie. Uh, one of the 85, 85 Maddies yeah. we have. Then there's Bob, who's yes. also a Maddie. <laughs> Bob, so, yeah. Zach. Um, Zach, Ryan. who, yep, yeah. Zach and Ryan and uh, Brian, who's up in the booth, and another Maddie. Um, Lisa. Bob. Lisa. Yeah, CC. Ed. 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 I mean, just the, the list goes on and on. But, you know, I think I speak for everyone here, um, directors, Katie the president, and, of course, the two stars of the show when I say, we are lucky to have such a good crew mm-hmm. um, Very much so. in this show because with how huge this show is, and it is pretty massive, um, we would not be able to do the scene transitions that we do. Um, some of the really cool effects that happen in the show, we wouldn't be able to do without them. So um, a big thank you to this crew and you know any crew out there that knows that it's it's a it's a grind and mm-hmm. and they they give up their time freely just like, you know, the actors do, but the actors get to suck up all the glory on stage while they're in the back just sort of waiting for yep. their, their you know, their time to push out a flat or to pull down a wooden doll rod or to, you know, move a curtain or whatever the case may be. So we've been very lucky there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to sort of um, wrap this up here because we've been talking um, about an hour and forty minutes, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not certainly not complaining. <laughs> but you know, I the one thing is, um, you know, I'm this is my first show here, at least for Lakeside players, and so after being with uh, an organization um, previously for my entire adult life, um, I wasn't sure what to expect. And so, you know, and I, I, I say this with all um, due respect, you know, there's probably some reputation that precedes this place here. And so, um, and I've mentioned this um, beforehand, that um, there are probably some people who have bought tickets because they want to hate on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Um, because your haters are always your biggest audience, and maybe they think that this place is a joke. But come see the show, and you will realize that this place is not a joke. Um, this show is not a joke. Um, we certainly haven't treated it as such. And we made sort of a commitment from day one that we will do whatever it takes to make this show successful and to have a good show and to put our best foot forward. And I think that because of that sort of um, mindset and that attitude, um, we have put forth a very, very good quality show. And I don't say that just because I'm in the show or because I help on the show. Um, I say that, um, you know, very wholeheartedly that this this show has benefited from the hard work and dedication of so many people who have just said, let's get it done. And mm-hmm. and that's, that's what has happened. And so we've seen the rewards of that hard work with an extension and this now being the biggest selling mm-hmm. um, show in the roadies history. And so... Um, if you haven't seen the show and you want to come see the show or you're thinking about coming to see the show, I would advise that you buy tickets now because they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're they're literally flying out the door Mm -hmm. and I don't want you to be that person or those people who say, Oh, I'm going to come see the show. And then, you know, a month after the show ends, you see me at a grocery store and you're like, Oh, I really wanted to come see the show, but I didn't get tickets in time. That would really, really suck for you. Um, cause it's a very, very good show. Um, with the success of this show, um, and I know that some theaters do repeat shows, what are the odds that perhaps that this show gets done again um, in a season upcoming? And I, I understand that you want to offer different things and, and, and things of that nature, but like based on the success of this show, it's pretty hard to ignore the fact that like even without much advertising or press or even social media traffic, the tickets for the show were going to sell. Yeah. But now it's like, now it's like, you can't ignore it. It's like a the elephant in the room. So is it something that this theater would consider bringing back, especially when, I'll say specifically to Jamie, who's playing Belle and Aaron playing the Beast, um, if that were a possibility, would that some be something that entices you to come back and do the show or audition for those roles again? 100%, yeah. I definitely would. I think I've, I've made it clear. Like, Even I, though she sounds like she's reading it off of a cue no, card. No, 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 Yes, I will. I will. I will come back. No, I am not the Of course I do. I do not have a gun to my head. I really 
would like to get closer to this theater. And I mean, I know you guys are doing Avenue Q next we year. We know and I'm like, Let's do it. Yeah, right. I've been, I've been pitching Jamie like all week. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty much. Yeah, I want to be here. China and I have had so many conversations about hopefully working together again in yeah. the future. I've had a blast working with everybody here. So yeah, yes, please have me back as well. So I don't. Uh, I know that this is probably um, very unorthodox because I, I didn't want to trap you um, by making you make a false promise or anything like that. But um, I guess the, the the real question is 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 it something at least that you guys would consider? Yeah, you know, in the past we've because there's been so many different um, leaderships. Um, you know, we've been we've definitely had the thing where like we're not redoing shows, um, we're never redoing shows, and that's kind of stupid because a lot of good shows should be redone. Sure. Um, there's some shows that we did years and years ago that I would love to do again, just because I have really fond memories of them, and maybe they were terrible then, and I'm just was a child and um, <laughs> was stupid. No, um, mostly plays though, straight plays. Um, yeah, we would definitely do it again. I mean, we did Wizard of Oz again because we knew. That's such a classic show. Mm -hmm. um, Avenue Q, this is the second time we've done Avenue Q. Um, you know, I would do it again. When we did Little Shop, it was the second time we had done Little Shop. Um, fun fact, my dad directed it the, the first time and um, did not have a 16-piece orchestra. And um, <laughs> something he's still very upset about. But, yeah, I think we would definitely do it again. Now, the thing is is that, obviously, we'd want to open it up to auditions again mm -hmm. because, you know, if we do it three years, four years down the line, yeah. you know, obviously – Natalie's gonna be a lot older. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know she's, she's not. She's not gonna be. <laughs> yeah, so she's, not gonna be able to get, <laughs> she's not gonna be able to be chip again. <laughs> It'll be so sad. But um, you know, and and I think too. Jamie, you can be Maurice. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> be the enchantress. There you go. But I mean, I think too, you would have people. We have a couple people in in the show that are in high school. Sure. You know, sure. so they would be. Maybe they won't even live here. Who knows? They could be off somewhere in co at, at college. So I mean, I definitely don't want to ever discount it. Um, I think definitely doing Disney shows is kind of like the coolest because people know the show so well. Right. I wish there was like there was more, not more of them because there's a ton of them, but like. I wish there was more of them because some of them are like really great and well known, and then some of them you're kind of like, right. well, maybe it's not that great. Who knows? Um, or they've changed it so much. Um, Little Mermaid is one of those. They really changed a lot the stage version. Um, I don't like it as much, which is a bummer. But I feel like this one, uh, I like it equally to the movies. But yeah, I definitely think we would do it again. And I think too, we have more people that are interested and more people who are like willing to be like this is what the shows you should do. Because I'll be honest, for the last couple of years, it's been a lot of me, but mostly the board picking. And we typically have a season planning committee that I have nothing to do with. So they just present it to us and they do the play reading and they think, hey, we could probably do this as a season, as a thing. They talk to our set builder and say, could, is this feasible? And despite the fact that he always says no, they still go ahead and do it. I don't know going to do it. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's nice is that, you know, now that we have more and more interest in volunteers back at the theater, it's not just the same eight people running everything because for the last two years, that's what it's been. Um, because there just hasn't been the, the ability to kind of grab people and go, you, you're in. So, um, We'd have someone different direct it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just so China could be Mrs. Potts. Shots fired. Just so China could be Mrs. Potts. That's why. Right. <laughs> it's fine. The show's already done. <laughs> we already gotten all the money. Yeah. Uh, merchandise is already sold. <laughs> yeah. So tune in for next week's episode when uh, China and Katie fight to the death. Yeah. <laughs> Cage match, too. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
so to sort of sum this up, um, I just want to go around the table here and maybe in in one word or, or say 10 words or less, sum up your experience with this show or why people should come see the show. While wow, there's tickets left. <laughs> it's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I'll say magical. It's been a great experience. Like the cast. I'm talking too much, but. Got like 14 words. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. it's no, it's fine. You say whatever you want to. It's America. No, it's been just a great experience getting back into theater. And like we've talked about, everyone's gelled. Everyone's helped. Um, the crowds are coming out. It's been just awesome. So, What about you, Jamie? I mean, aside from being a part of the show, I think the cast as a whole is an insanely talented group that everyone should see on stage. They are fire. They really are. So come out and see us. Brian? I've, I've said this a couple times. Yeah. And, and I say this as, as directing shows and being in shows previous. This is the best show I've ever seen here. You know, so that's, I think that's saying something. You're welcome. Yeah. No, but it, it, it really is. Like, when they did Be Our Guest, I think two weeks before opening, and this was, I think, before most of the costumes even, I was, I got teary-eyed. I was like, this is that's one awesome. of the best things I've ever seen. And I don't, I don't get that with shows here, because I've usually heard them so much, and I'm kind of annoyed by them at that point, where I just don't get that emotional reaction. But I did with that. I was like, I can't wait for the show to open. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> to go with uh, what Aaron said about it—it's just magical. Like, um, not just like what happens on stage, but like just being around other people. You just—it's just like an experience that you're never gonna have anywhere else. But like yeah. you're you're witnessing magic happen, yeah. But you're also feeling the magic. You're experiencing the magic. Um, like full confession, um, like every time I'm up in the booth. I get a little teary-eyed, a little misty at the finale, every time, yeah. every time. Even oh, yeah. the even the, the double day, like I'm not I'm not in like that though. Two why hours before. <laughs> That's, That's right. why. why. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm so glad he's gone. <laughs> Somebody he's dead, has he's to gone. cry with me. I can't be the only one cry. Uh, but like I, even I the, that double day, like when we had that early show and then the show, like two hours later, I still see it. But even then, that second time, it still hit me. Mm, it's, it's, it's just you just can't miss it. I guess I would just say that it's overwhelming in the best kind of way, and it's been such a powerful experience and such a positive experience um, that I just I want to share it with everybody. I want as many people to come see what we've worked on, what everyone's worked on, cast and crew, board, everybody. Um, everybody kind of put their whole heart and soul into this show. Um, for whatever reasons, everyone just came together and – I just think it's the most amazing kind of testament to community theater that I've seen in a long time. And I just want to share that with everybody. And I want everyone to have a little piece of that. If I can say one more thing, it's trickling down too, because we had then a huge response for auditions for Charlotte's Web. You know, Charlotte's Web is a, is a pretty well-known kids book again. Maybe one of the best. Probably the best books. known, yeah. and it's terribly sad. Um, but we had sixty people audition for that show, and that's insane. Like that's yeah. a straight play. Yeah. I was gonna say just to add, you know, like Adam's family, Wizard of Oz. I think that all helped build this. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because that's why we had yep. eighty people, and mm -hmm. hopefully this, like you said, with Charlotte's Web or other shows, yeah. will mm -hmm. just continue to build. Well, you mentioned Avenue Q. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, that show may be well known to. Um, some of the more fringe theater yeah. um, it's a <clears throat> it's a it's a very um raunchy 
yeah. sort of send up of like puppet shows, Sesame Street, that kind of thing. Um, but that's just one show in the upcoming 50th season. Mm-hmm. Um, Avenue Q is one of the shows. Seussical the Musical is coming up. Um, Madagascar Jr. Um, we're doing Lombardi here. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yep. That's going to be a great one. Blythe Spirit, which is a... Um, a uh, classic show, show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 39 steps yeah um, so if you have not had a chance to experience the roadie or perhaps you've experienced it for the first time in coming to see beauty and the beast um, I encourage you to um, check out the website roadiecenter.org um, look at all the information on there for auditions if you want to get involved Katie talked before about um, if you want to get involved with um, helping fix things or build things or paint things, um, info at roadiecenter.org, um, R-H-O-D-E, um, for those of you who don't know. Um, but with this, again, being my first show here, um, I'm very, very encouraged by just the amount of people who have not said, that's not my job. They roll up their sleeves and say, mm-hmm. let's get this done. And I look at this place as sort of a a blank canvas, if you will. Um, And there's so much potential here to do great things. And I know that great things are on the horizon for the roadie theater. And I think perhaps maybe down the line we can have a a more roadie-centric conversation um, about some of those things. (laughs) Um, But um, I want to thank Aaron Kohlmeyer, Jamie Fry, um, <coughs> Excuse me, uh, Katie, the roadie president, Brian, uh, the music director, and China, the director, for joining me for this episode. Um, we hope that you found it at least entertaining, um, informative. Um, Beauty and the Beast, um, there's uh, this weekend coming up. Um, there are still tickets available, I believe, for Friday tom- and Saturday, both Right. Shows. So we have a show tomorrow at 7.30. Um, Saturday, we have a matinee that is sold out. Um, so I no, hope Sunday, you, uh, Ma- Saturday matinee is still okay. I'm sorry. Four Sunday matinee hours. that is sold out, but Saturday matinee and sun, uh, Saturday evening show at seven 30, both have tickets available limited Sunday, the 30th, um, that matinee is sold out. And then we have three more shows after that. We have Friday, um, the fifth at seven 30 and then two shows on the sixth, uh, matinee and, uh, seven 30 curtain. And I will tell you that there's no way that those shows don't sell out. No. Um, yeah, so if you are going to, if you want to see the show, you've been thinking about it, please um, don't hesitate to get on the website and buy those tickets because you're going to miss out on an opportunity to see a wonderful show. So again, thank you to um, everyone for joining me today. And uh, that is it. We'll see you next time. Bitches. <laughs> 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 <laughs>